Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is episode 59 on the Merry Biz podcast with Mark Manson. Welcome to Merry Biz. Get inspired to live your best life and learn what it takes to create an epic business from the world's most amazing entrepreneurs. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas. Let's get our merry biz on. Today's guest once wrote, We're all wrong about everything, some just a little less wrong than others. Everything sucks some of the time, and that's okay. Happiness is learning how to appreciate the struggles in your life. There are more stars in the universe than grains of the sand on the planet. You couldn't be special even if you wanted to be. So stop trying to prove yourself all the time. We are seriously beyond excited to chat to Mark Manson on the Merry Biz Podcast. How are you? I'm good, guys. It's good to be here. Oh, we're super pumped to have you on the show. And Mark, the first question we ask everyone is, what have you been up to today? What's been on your agenda? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I've been kind of a bum today. So I had my I had my bachelor party this weekend. No way! Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I completely, I, I wanted to like have a productive day. It, it did not happen. I, I'm still recovering. <laughs> How long has your hangover been so far? Is it like one um, day, two days? <laughs> I was hungover yesterday. Today, it's just more like I'm just catching up on sleep. Uh, I just like really tired all morning. And then I took a big nap in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate hangovers. Me oh, too. my God. <laughs> well, I guess we're just super glad that you could fit us in within, within the hangover. But obviously, you have a new book coming out and we're really excited because we've been kind of keeping up to date with all these Facebook updates you've been posting and the little snippets. So tell us about The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. What does that mean? <laughs> well, the subtle, <laughs> the subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, it's basically, it is, it's kind of like, it's a, I'll even, I think, you guys, is it? Do Aussies say cheeky, or is that just English people? No, you we say, say cheeky. cheeky. You say cheeky. Okay, so it's a cheeky way. I'm excited. I get to practice my uh, my non or not American English. It's a cheeky way of getting people to basically think about like what what are their values, like what are they choosing to make important in their life. Um, basically, the idea is that um, we all have to give a fuck about something. Mm-hmm. And what we end up giving a fuck about determines uh, our motivations and our goals and ultimately our happiness. Um, on top of that, I also I just really wanted to write a book that uh, it kind of like I wanted to write a self-help book that kind of came at things from a little bit of a, I don't know, like a with a little bit of like a fuck you attitude. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really I'm not really into like all the like positivity. Let's mm-hmm. all group hug. Kumbaya. 
um, <laughs> type of stuff. So I wanted to write a book that has more of like that kind of like in your face edginess to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I mean, like we, we read, we reread that post that you wrote, like when was it in 2015 titled the same title? And I was just like, man, this is good. And you know what? We love all that positivity, woo-woo shit as well. But we love what you're doing too. And I think it's just amazing that it can help an even bigger group of people to like find their values and actually take action to create happier, more meaningful lives. Yeah, I I jokingly tell people like a lot of times when people ask me like, what do I write or what kind of stuff do I write? I, I jokingly tell them like, I write self-help for people who hate self-help. Yeah. And, and it's <laughs> That's like, awesome. Because yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's just like it's the same ideas or very similar ideas, but it's the way it's written. It's yeah. very it's written in a very like in a way that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of different types of people um, can like resonate with. Yeah. So like I'm keen to know, like, how did you kind of, I guess, develop this way of thinking? Because it's not... I, I'm not going to say normal. Like, I don't like that word at all. <laughs> but what is normal? I don't know what normal is. But it's really, like, as you said, it's really different to regular self-help. But it is really helpful. So how did you develop that voice of that kind of, like, kind of, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the <laughs> devil side of self-help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I don't know. I've always been a contrarian guy like I was I was really rebellious when I was younger and so like I've always just had this like I've always enjoyed just kind of like telling people to piss off a little bit <laughs> like like just sticking my middle finger up to to, to the man or whatever um, but I mean that's always just kind of been my natural disposition like I, I've always questioned things and like tried to kind of find um, you know like try to f- try to like kind of poke holes in things. And I, I got really into the self-help world, like personal development in general, I, back when I was like 19 or 20. Mm. Um, and so I spent a lot of time in that world and I got a lot of amazing things out of it. But um, by the time I kind of got to my late 20s and I had a business of my own, I started to feel like there were certain things in it that I wasn't crazy about. And so I wanted to write or create create a style um, of personal development that I felt maybe didn't fall into some of the same traps I see in other parts of the industry or maybe describe things in, in perhaps like a little bit more of a, a realistic way for some people. So I kind of just ended up getting this like very, you know, when you combine those two things, like that side of my personality and then that that kind of like, I guess, business goal or like writing goal, um, you you end up with a lot of F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll read F-words. Well, Emma was reading out one of the blog posts this morning like, and fuck, I was like, fuck, you're fuck. swearing so much. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> we don't swear that often, but it was fun. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, like, what was the initial reaction to, like, when you started doing this? Like, did people come back and be like, oh, my God, like, this is what I've been waiting for? And then I guess other people might have been like, you are just a dick. <laughs> I, get, I do get that uh, a decent amount. Um, I, it's interesting. So I, I actually started out in like the dating and relationship yeah. advice area. And um, 
And I actually, I, I started out specifically writing for men. And I guess, I mean, this partly answers your previous question too. So if you go back to like 2006, 2007, and if you were to look at all like the, the popular men's dating advice back then, uh, it was garbage. It was like, it was pickup lines and like, you know, this is how to get a girl to call you back. And it was just really sleazy. And so I, I kind of made a name for myself in that industry by going against the grain of, uh, of like kind of, kind of the conventional wisdom of that industry, you know? So I was, I was one of, one of the first guys that came in and was like, uh, dude, just be honest. <laughs> like, yes! just tell, like, like, how about this for a change? How about like telling her how you feel, you know, Aww. like, like just kind of these, these like emotionally healthy, uh, more vulnerable pieces of advice. And, um, but I was seen as an outsider in that industry, which sound, probably sounds crazy. Um, and so I, I kind of, I mean, that's kind of always been my bread and butter. And then when I decided I kind of wanted to move on from the, the dating relationship space and move into the self-help world, I've kind of taken a little bit of the same position within the industry of like, like all right, there's a lot of good stuff there, but like, let's bring everybody back down to earth and be a little bit realistic sometimes. And, and like, let's not mince words. Like sometimes things suck. Like sometimes life really sucks. And yeah. that that's just part of being human. That's just part of being alive. And the trick is not to make everything great all the time. The, mm-hmm. the trick is actually to, to simply become more comfortable at the suckage when it happens. I think like I've actually been reading stuff about this just this week like with Joseph Campbell I mean like we discovered that whole follow your bliss sort of message and we're like oh my god we need to be following our bliss and our passion and we're going to be happy all the time and then it's like actually no you're not happy all the time even when you're doing stuff you love and I know I read that in one of your posts as well that you know you're doing something you love every day but 30% of the time it sucks and it's yeah, just it's, about getting it's, used to that. Yeah, it's like it's everything. Everything is a drag at some point, mm-hmm. and everything turns into a grind at some point. Like yeah. that newness and that excitement of like whatever project or business or job you have. At some point, you're gonna wake up, and it's gonna feel repetitive, and it's gonna feel a little bit boring, and it's mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna feel a little bit uninspired, mm-hmm. unmotivated. Maybe you just got back from your bachelor party, and like <laughs> it's. But it's those are the moments that you actually, like in my opinion, those are actually the most important moments for us to show up. Like it's easy for everybody to show up like when you're working on a really exciting project. You know, it's really easy to 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 get excited and, and feel motivated, you know, when your business is hitting like record numbers all the time. Yeah. It's those days when it's not that like that's what determines things. And um and so I just, I try very hard to speak very, very frankly about that. You know, like, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I don't want to, like, say, you know, do, like, the turn your frown upside down and, you know, just whatever. Like, it's it's like, no, like, this sucks. This hurts. And let's talk about pain. Um, and it's funny because, like, that, that can sound, <laughs> that, like, sounds like a, what often happens when people find my stuff is, like, Maybe the first time they read it, it kind of bums them out. <laughs> they're just like, yeah. they're like, 
God, this guy, like, <laughs> this <is problem. laughs> like somebody, somebody buy him a beer or something. But um, it's actually like, and, and I've, I've experienced this in my own life is that it, it actually, it becomes very liberating once you start to accept these things. Once you start to like embrace the negativity a little bit, that is actually yeah. like, becomes very freeing because there's no longer this like pressure or expectation on yourself. Um, to, where to I was doing that, you where you wrote this was it the feedback loop? Like I read that that post just recently, and I think it was something at the end where you talked about acceptance, and it just made so much sense. Yeah, it was. Um, I have a line that, uh, and it's actually it's from it, that's an excerpt from the first chapter of the yeah. book. Um, it said, uh, it said, um, pursuing positive experience. Is or I think it said it, wanting positive, more positive experience is itself a negative experience. Yes, and embracing a negative experience is itself a positive experience. Oh. <laughs> seriously, we read that. I read that yeah. out loud to Emma like ten times. Yeah. I, was like, I don't get this. Like, what does it mean? And then I read it and read it and read it, and then I was like, Oh my gosh! It was like this huge aha moment. Oh, where I was like, just like shit. <laughs> All that, like everything you just said, just then I was like, oh, God, that's good. But that's good. Yeah, but <laughs> let's talk about the feedback loop because I thought that yeah. was an awesome post, excerpt from the book. Um, what does it mean? Can you give us some examples of what people do every single day of going through this feedback loop? <laughs> so I call it the feedback loop from hell, and it's basically uh, – You are the and devil. We all... no, <laughs> yes, and we all do it sometimes, but it's – it's um it's something that it's something that's kind of inherent in our brains. But what happens is like we'll feel a negative emotion and then we'll judge that negative emotion. We'll like label that negative emotion as something bad. So uh for instance, like let's say I'm I feel really angry about something, and then I start getting angry at the fact that I'm so angry about something. So this makes me even angrier. And then and then I realize that I'm getting angry about being angry about something and that makes me even more angry and it just kind of like it's this upward spiral that uh of of like in a negative emotion and the way you kind of like short circuit that or or cut that loop from from feeding on itself is uh is by not giving a fuck is by deciding that just because you feel bad mm-hmm. or feel something negative uh it's not necessarily a bad thing it's it's removing that labeling or that judgment of your own negative emotions, you know. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people. Everybody, everybody. What I've found is that everybody has their like pet negative emotion mm-hmm. um, that they kind of like get caught in this feedback loop, you know. So, like um, with my fiance, like she feels guilty all the time, and then she starts feeling guilty that she's feeling guilty all the time, and then it's just it keeps going, and I have to be like, what? Why are you? Why are you feeling so bad? You don't have to feel this bad. You know, like for me, it, a lot of times it has to do with like, like, uh, uh, just like feeling uh, like lazy or, or just not lazy, but, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Indifferent, like indifference. Like I start just like, I just start like, oh, this is so lame. I don't care about this. And then I like kind of get mad at my, like, I kind of like get in start feeling bad about the fact that I feel indifferent, which then makes me just be like, feel even more like detached and apathetic towards everything. And, 
you know, everybody has their one little thing that they just get caught in all the time. And, and, um, it's, it, what it requires is somebody is the ability to be able to just return to just feel your emotions without necessarily judging them or labeling them. Are you guys? Are you guys? Are you guys like twins? Oh, we're sisters. Well, I know you're sisters. You're you're the married sisters. I'm a bit older. I'm Emma, and I'm a bit older. She's the little sister. I am the little sister, but I'm twins. Because I can just hear you, and you guys like. It's like you guys like make sounds in unison. It's crazy. We do that. Sometimes I just love I love that in so many ways, and I think it's also like you can transfer that onto relationships too. Because I find that is with relationships when like you know you'll be cranky, then the other person gets cranky at that person being cranky and then that person gets over it but then that person gets cranky and it's like this loop that just goes and goes and goes and it's like yeah. man if we just like one of you stopped both of being, you stopped and then both of you stopped <laughs> it's like that could have saved like three hours of crankiness and it was just like <laughs> half an hour of crankiness and it's just like why are we all so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's one thing that took me like years and years and years of like screwing my relationships up to figure out is that it's okay like you know if if the person i'm with is just in a really crappy mood like it's okay to just be like oh she's in a crappy mood today that's fine i'll go do something else like you don't have to like get sucked into it or like fix everything or like you know freak out and be like oh does this mean that you know, she doesn't love me anymore or whatever. It's just like, whatever. She's having a bad day. Like, you just leave it alone. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys, you guys are freaking me out. Now you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, that was so it's like, it so simple, but it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's genius. Like, like, just leave them alone. They're having a bad day. <laughs> oh god, I think you're saving some of our future relationships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Wow. Okay, let's move on to the term find your passion because okay. we read about this as well. Um and mm-hmm. that you're not really a fan of the whole like find your passion, like you have to find your passion. You get like lots of emails about it, right? Yeah. So like what do you tell someone or what do you not tell them because you don't respond to the people. What is your thoughts around the, t- the term find your passion and follow it? I, so I think this is one of those questions or terms that I think what it, it is, it's something important. And I think it's, it's something that everybody approaches with the right intentions. But I think the way it's talked about sometimes messes things up for people. Mm. Um, so the way it's talked about, I think it, it kind of implies this idea that there's this like magical activity out there in the world. You know, it's like it's like that it's like the Disney soulmate story, but yeah. instead of like instead of like your your soulmate, it's like you know your job or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the, there's this magical thing out there that as soon as you find it, you're immediately gonna know like this is why I'm on on the earth. Mm-hmm. You know and and I don't think, first of all, that's just not really realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't, 
it's not that clear and it doesn't happen that way. And then the other problem with the whole find your passion thing is I think it's people, you know, usually people who start asking this question, they ask it because they, they basically feel like nothing, like whatever, whatever they're spending their time doing in their life right now, um, it's not, it's just not stimulating them or making them happy in that current moment. Um, and so their assumption is, is that they need to like find this some outside thing that, you know, they're not aware of right now. Uh, when often that's not the case, often really the only thing that's wrong is, you know, maybe their priorities or, you know, the way they're spending their time. Maybe they have like, um, a hobby or, um, some other like side things that, that they're not dedicating much time or energy on because they, they believe that it's not viable or that mm-hmm. it, it would never turn into anything. Maybe there's things in their past that they gave up on years ago that they've kind of lost touch with. So the point I, I try to make in, in the article I wrote about it is just is to stop seeing it as like some thing that you have to go out and find and just get back to simply paying attention to how you, things make you feel. Um, and, and pay attention to what feels important to you in that moment. You know, like the, the, the kind of the explanation I use in the article, you know, I say like, if you think back to when you're a kid, you know, and you go on the playground, like no kid walks on the playground thinking like, Hmm, I wonder what my favorite game is. I wonder what, I wonder what will make me have the most fun with my recess time. Like the kid is just like, he just like runs around and starts doing stuff and then yeah. eventually he, he does something here or she does something that she's like wow this is great and they just keep doing that and like yeah. there's no there's none of this like higher level thought or like labeling of you know you know like a kid who's playing like football with his friends isn't like oh well this is a really poor use of my free time like because I'm not as good as so and so at football mm-hmm. it's like it's just they're just simply present with the activity and, and they enjoy it for what it is. Um, and so the advice I usually give people is a, is just stop thinking of like it as some outside thing and just start paying attention to what you're doing in your life, like how things make you feel in your own life and just try to maybe get back in touch or expand upon things that you've never given much credit before. Mm. Um, and then the other thing I kind of rail against is that uh, just because you're passionate about something doesn't mean it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be your career. I think yeah. there's a well like it's a again it's a very well intentioned thing of like you know if you love your job then you'll never work a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's if you're doing what you love every day like you know it's that everybody should be doing like their most the thing they love the most. And again, I think for a lot of people that's just it's not necessarily a problem like if you have a good job that you that you like but like your passion is say like weightlifting or something and mm-hmm. like you can do that with your free time and you can do it on your weekends and you can do it with your friends or you can take holidays or sabbaticals and spend time on it like it's it's not necessarily like an all or nothing thing yeah. Oh, so good. Makes so much sense. And it's like then like giving yourself permission to be okay with that or like accepting that that's okay, that like you don't need to do your passion as your job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not failing at anything. Yeah. You know? Failure. <laughs> oh, and that's which, which is which the best thing on our list. 
convenient yeah, we... that you said that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, I don't know what we're reading. We're reading something, something on your website about failure and how like you kind of look at like the reason why you have all this knowledge is because of experience and because of foul, failing through life sort of thing. So tell us about that. Like, how do you deal with failure? Because I know like, I mean, I struggle with it. Lots of people struggle with it. Yeah, so um, it's you could almost say that like your your ability to like achieve success. In my opinion, your ability to achieve success is directly proportional how much failure you're you're willing to to deal with as well. And it's the fact is is like you can't really excel at anything. Like the whole process of growth itself requires failure. It requires like stress and strain and struggle and failure. Um, if you think about like, you know, exercise, like the way you, you make a muscle grow or the way you, you, you're able to run further is you stress your body mm. so that it adapts and grows back even stronger. And mm. the true, this, the same is true. in I believe in every part of life. So in business, you know, your success is going to be determined by, um, the stress and, and the adversity that you put yourself in, um, and and the things that you try and that they don't work, like those are the things that you learn from. Those are the lessons that you gain that will help you um, finally create the thing that that will like be the big breakthrough for you. Um, it's the same in personal relationships. I mean, the the way, the only way like a a relationship can grow even deeper and more intimate is that you bump into those uncomfortable or really highly sensitive things or insecurities. Uh, in both people and you you talk about them and you deal with them and it's really uncomfortable and sometimes mm. people get upset and there's a lot of emotions that fly around but then it's both people see that like oh well just because like we got really upset and tears were shed and voices were raised like we're still here and we still love each other like that actually brings you even closer together than before mm. and um and so i feel like that the this dynamic really just takes place in all parts of life yeah is that growth is just inherently an uncomfortable thing. It's a painful thing. And um, and so it's not necessarily that you should go out and like try to fail at everything you do, because <laughs> that's not really effective either. But um, it's something that you should never be aware of. Like, you should never avoid it. Um, like one thing that I always try to ask myself in my own life is I say, okay, like let's say this this thing I want to do, like let's say it fails spectacularly. Like what would I gain from that failure? Mm. Um, and so, and the truth is is that there's always things to gain. Like mm. you, you'll gain skills, you'll gain connections, you'll gain maturity, um, life experience, you'll, you'll gain all sorts of things. And uh, I think when you start looking at failure in that sense, um, you start to realize that it's it's not anything to be afraid of. It's not anything to to try to avoid or try to push away. Oh. <laughs> so, good. so epic! I, <laughs> uh, I feel like we could talk to you all day and I'll then listen, we, to, I'll you listen to you, just like ask you a billion <laughs> questions. In fact, so we read this on page blah. Um, can you tell us more about that? Um, but we're almost out of time. We have one more question for you, but before we get to that, we would love you to tell all of our listeners 
where can they pre-order your book and where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> so the my website is markmanson.net and um, you can pre-order the book pretty much all the online retailers, so Amazon and Apple iStore and also as physical retailers. And actually, the book is being published in Australia and New Zealand as well. Oh, so, amazing! Yeah, so it'll be in bookstores there. And, uh And, yeah, I think that's it. Yay. Uh, yay! We'll put all the links in the show notes as well. And, Mark, the last question is, what is the one mantra you're living by right at this moment? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> My mantra, oh man. It's funny, you, you gave me a head start on this question. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm completely drawing a blank now. Um, Let's play some elevator music in here for you. You know, you, you, know what, you know what pops into my head a lot? Okay, so. Mm-hmm. So I don't have anything that like I kind of consciously repeat to myself all the time, like a, like an affirmation or anything like that, but like. I do notice something, there is a phrase that, and I don't even know where it comes from or where I heard it, but it, uh, whenever I'm dealing with like any sort of extreme in my life, like a very negative situation or even, and also a, a very positive situation, I actually, I think this comes from, so I used to do like a lot of like Zen meditation. I think it comes from this. Um, I kind of just gotten in this habit of like whenever there's like some some extreme kind of event going on, um, I often say to myself, "This too will pass," and uh, and that's something I'm pretty sure that's something that we were taught in the meditation classes. But it's it's great because when something when something bad is happening, like when I'm really upset or like something's going wrong or I'm having a big fight. Um, Reminding myself that like helps calm me down because it's like you know life goes on you know you've been through bad stuff before like you're better for it it's okay and the kind of backwards thing that a lot of people don't think about is when you say it in those really amazing moments mm-hmm. is it helps keep you humble and grounded mm-hmm. it helps helps you remind yourself of like hey <laughs> you're not quite as amazing as you mm-hmm. think so like. Don't get full of yourself. Yeah. Um, it's like it's there's going to be another struggle tomorrow or one day in the future, mm-hmm. and you know just be ready for it. So it uh, it helps keep me on like a nice kind of even keel. I feel. I love that so much. Yeah, you say that yeah, all the time. I say it all it's the good. time. It's a good oh. one. Oh. Well, Mark, we want to thank you so much so for much. taking this time to speak with us and our listeners. I have to say that it has definitely been probably my all-time favorite podcast interview. Oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just putting it out there. Don't, yeah. I, I, I've never said that to anybody before. I... So, we're so you don't say this grateful. to all your guests? No, no, it's, and it's going to stay on the recording so everyone can okay. know. It's been my favorite. But we're super grateful for your time. And yeah, just thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, guys. It's been great talking to you. Thank you so 
much to Mark for coming on the show. It was truly a blast hearing your perspective on all that life has to offer. If you loved the episode as much as we did, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes because the more five-star ratings we get, the more people find the podcast. And that's a good thing because Marybiz is so cool and we love it and you love it. And yay, have the best day. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.